0: Hello. Happy Monday morning. It's time for another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. And it's uh, football and random things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hello, Jeff Woody.
1: I think, it's, I think we can consider it a victory Monday. It, it's a, an emotional victory Monday. A, a moral victory Monday after the, the mostly positive news of the last week.
0: Yes, Jeff does say that it's uh it's it can be considered a victory Monday because we can officially say it. The Cyclones are running it back. We're running it back, boy. Let's get it.
1: <laughs> how the, the the cool part about it is like how rare is it? And I don't know. Like I haven't kept tabs across the country or whatever, but this has got to be of returning players on the two deep from a top ten team. This has got to be. I don't know how much, how, how many more you could possibly return. Cause I think if you look offense, defense and special teams, you lose what like seven total players in the two deep out of like 22 on defense, 22 on offense, plus kicker, punter, kick returner, long snapper punt returner. Like if you include all of those positions, what is that like 54 different positions and you lose seven of those individuals, which is insane.
0: Yeah, And we will really dive into that here in just a minute. But first, we got to thank today's Cyclone Fanatics super patron, and that's Kevin Russell. Kevin came to Iowa State from Texas. He studied kinesiology, man, and he was SCI from 2007 through 2009. Jeff, hey, you kinesiology major?
1: What's up? What's do you, up?
0: Could, do you think you could have been SCI? I
1: don't. Have, I don't have near that much enthusiasm for for that extended period of time. Like I, I can't be that chipper that consistently. I don't It's a skill set that I don't have.
0: Honestly, I don't think that that would be your problem. I think that not being able to talk for that entire time would probably be a bigger (laughs) issue for you.
1: You're right. You're right. Being, having to shut up for that long. I was like, "Eh, just,
0: you can't have a conversation. Right. Like they would start to talk to you. They'd say "Sai," like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you would start to answer them, you know, "Sai, are we going to win today? And then you would go on a 10 minute spiel inside the side costume about what Iowa state's advantages are, you know, what the, about why the three tech why, why i State's three technique is going to be way
1: more or really advantageous against the gap scheme that t- tcu runs
0: right kevin and his wife amber met at iowa state got engaged under the camp Neal, and had a cyclone themed wedding they now live in north texas and attend dallas fort worth cyclone events thanks to kevin for being a cyclone fanatic super patron and we appreciate all of our super patrons. You can find out more about that at cyclonefanatic.com on the homepage uh, and get shout outs like these and all of the other sweet perks that come with being a Cyclone Fanatic super patron. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, uh, I think I saw yesterday that someone said 32 of the 36 guys on Iowa State's uh, because there are some duplicates where guys are like at both are at multiple positions mm-hmm. uh, on offense and defense. 32 of the 36 guys that were on that depth chart are returning for Iowa state next season. Um, that's in addition to Connor. Sally is coming back uh, to for another year as the, as a cyclone kicker. So, I mean, we can run through all the guys that announced this past week because I, I mean, there's so many of them that were, were so important. And then, you know, there were a couple guys who did decide to leave that, uh, you know, are, are going to be worth us discussing um, as well. But I think that we got to start off with the most recent ones. Uh, the two that, you know, or at least one of them feels like probably the biggest victory that Iowa State's going to get at this entire off season. And that's Charlie Kohler, mm-hmm. uh, the Mackey finalist and all American announcing that he will come back for his red shirt senior season. In um, the
1: most Yes. in the most charlie way possible yes if if you can imagine what a near 4.0 or is he a four point or just near like a 3.9
0: he's like Either a 3.95 way. because he got an a minus or something in one class he yeah. got an a minus in uh in advanced aeronautical engineering or something crazy like that whatever so it is you,
1: if you can imagine the a personality that's going to get a, a 4.0 in an advanced uh engineering degree that that's exactly how they would re- say that they're coming back. Even though he happens to be an all American tight end, the fact that he said, I'm returning to play at Iowa state with no graphic, no text, or no, like no, no movement, no anything. It's literally like, I will be returning. It, it's like a footnote in like a, a citation. Like that's, that's the excitement that he announced it with, but doesn't leave any gray area. There is nothing to interpret. That is all right, cool. Charlie's back.
0: Right. And that's what that was, what was so funny about it, because there, I mean, all week, these guys have been putting out graphics. Even the guys who had uh, been announcing that they would not be returning, had putting it out with these sweet graphics. Like I State say apparently had some sort of template that all these guys got that, you know, we're gonna have these graphics. Uh, I imagine that Matt Campbell called Charlie yesterday and was like, hey, I'm coming back. You know, there was all this speculation that he was going to potentially interview for the Jets and all that stuff. He's like, I'm coming back. You don't have to worry about me. He said, are you coming back? Charlie's, like, I already sent out the tweet. <laughs> it's already out. Like he, and he, he didn't capitalize the state in Iowa State. It was just, I am returning to Iowa State for one more year. Period. And uh, that's end it. of tweet <laughs> <That's it. laughs> that's, that's the entire. Well, like like
1: 73 characters. <laughs> that's, that's the entirety of it. Like that, that was a very Charlie move, which to me, awesome. like fits personality. Don't try to be anything. You're not be the smartest dude on the team who does not BS and almost doesn't understand how human beings work. Uh, just execute the thing that you need to do.
0: Well, and it's funny because I think last year, like right after the bowl game, he put out a, graphic. Like he already had his graphic made then. And this time I imagine that he's just like, dude, like I'm not leaving. Like from from the second the game ended, he was probably like, I'm not going anywhere. Like why like it doesn't even matter. I feel like he's probably like, I feel like I don't even need to tell anybody. And someone finally was like, "Charlie, you have to tweet out whether or not you're coming back. Like everybody everybody needs to know." And he's like, "People are concerned." Whatever, fine. And he just typed it out really quick and sent it. It's like, "Okay, it's done."
1: as he as he was watching uh like a youtube video uh video on like the philosophy of like uh fluid dynamics of of fluids at super heated temperatures
0: like something he, like that. He was he was way deep down the tartaria uh rabbit hole. Do you know about tartaria? I, okay. Well, I don't we won't really dive even, into that right now. That's for I think we have that time. See, I think that can be in a, for an off season podcast, but uh no, he was in a rabbit hole on youtube and someone like pulled his headphones out and was like, "Charlie, you are you coming back or not? Like they need to know fine. All right. Yeah, sure. I'm coming back. Uh, but someone, I'm- someone hands, someone handed him his phone.
1: He just wrote it. And that's why I didn't, it didn't have capitalized with Iowa state The the state wasn't capitalized because he wrote it in four seconds. Like it was like, he was texting his mom. So it was like, I'm coming back to Iowa state for another season period. Send. And they are like, All right, I have to learn about which, which metals, are the best conductors at 3,200 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Yes. Um, but, I mean, I don't think that the impact of that, you know, can be uh, understated, especially when you consider that Chase Allen will also be returning at the tight end position. You do lose Dylan Saner. But, I mean, to bring back two of those three guys uh, for another year and with everything that we've heard about Easton Dean at that position as well, uh, Jared Russ was a guy who at the F position that started to play a lot more for Iowa state towards the end of the year. I mean, like that group's not even going to skip a beat, you know, and, uh, it, it would be hard to sit here and say that Iowa state's probably not going to have one of the best tight end rooms in the country again, uh, going into 2021.
1: Well, and the thing is, is where are they, if they were to be able to lose one of the guys, um, with who they're replacing, or with, with who they with who they would be replacing them with. Uh, Saner is a guy that had the most depth behind him for his role because uh, Chase is your physical gonna you know whoop your ass type blocker, and Charlie is your best receiving threat, and Saner was a combination of both, but he played more of a fullback position, like he was more of the F. I think that was probably where his technical position was even listed, like not even as a tight end, like as a fullback. So they had Jared Russ, they have other guys that you can fill in and you can piece together East and Dean for more receiving things, uh, presuming that he's not quite up to snuff yet in his blocking, because as a quarterback, like it coming, not to say that he won't be a good blocker, but like it takes a long time to, to figure out leverage and angles and hand position and stuff like that. So he'll be a good blocker in time, but Easton Dean is more Charlie, but no one can replace Charlie with that productivity. Yeah. So having Saner be the guy that leaves, you can replace him with two or three different guys because his position was more fullback than it was tight end. Well, whereas I think honestly chase would probably be the hardest guy to flat out replace because uh, Dean being similar to Charlie, he wouldn't be as good, but he's a receiving threat. That's big and athletic and and smart. And You know, we have fullbacks like Russ and and whomever else they would be able to put at at that fullback position, that true Y position like Chase of being a just a a hard nose SOB that's going to block you with his hand on the ground. I Iowa State doesn't really have that guy to replace Chase Allen, so he would be the hardest to replace. So getting Chase and Charlie back are the two guys that would be harder to replace than it would be to replace Sainer? So they're still there. You said, they're not going to miss a beat. And I wouldn't even be surprised if, you know, you had sent me, uh, uh, this is not in any way insider information. This is just two dudes speculating, like, but the tight end transfer portal, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a high level tight end that goes, Hey man, I, that, that looks like a fun place to play. Right. And like the guy that comes to mind is the Capiterra kid, that was, uh, uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma and then was going to transfer to Auburn and then decommitted from transferring to Auburn. Um, something like somebody like that. And, and again, this is not insider information. Saying, no. Again,
0: that's purely us just speculating, yeah, looking get names that are going to be in the portal.
1: Yeah. That's Jared Stansberry human and Jeff Woody human, not in any way analyst. So, right. This uh, someone, but someone like that, whether it you know comes from Old Dominion or something like that, like a player like that that could theoretically serve as instead of piecing together Easton Dean and Jared Rust to replace Dylan Sainer, you might be able to just get a guy because they look at and be like, dude, how, they had three tight ends that have three hundred receiving yards and one yeah. guy that was an All American and three other, two other guys getting drafted. I want to go to that room. That looks really fun. Yeah. So, and they're the number seven ranked team in the country preseason by different metrics. So like, yeah, I want to go join that group. So it's the tight end with Charlie coming back is going to repeat as I mean, Kyle Pitts or Kyle Pitts, the Pitts kid at Florida made the Florida room the best because he was really good. The Pitts kid at Florida made Florida the best tight end group. I mean, he'll be like
0: a top 15 pick in the NFL draft.
1: Yeah. So, but with Charlie coming back, Chase coming back and Easton Dean coming back and whoever else, you know, Jared Russ and whoever else they add, theoretically, if they do, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody that's going to be even close to Iowa State in, in the quality of players from top to bottom in the tight end room in the country.
0: Yeah. Um, And, you know, I mean, I don't know how any, if you're a tight end, you're looking for a new place, especially if you're someone transferring from the power five level, like that, if I'm a a kid and I'm like, I'm looking for a new home, the first people that I'm following on Twitter, it's like Derek Hudger, Matt Campbell, Tom Manning, like pay attention to me, please notice me, you know, Mm -hmm. like just trying to find a way to like get yourself in that door especially like when you lose one of those guys, if those kids are paying attention to those kinds of things, like that's just in my mind, it's like, I want to go play there because I know that I'm going to get an opportunity to do things. And when you were talking there, I mean, couldn't theoretically, you know, and I, and I, everything that you said about chase and all kinds of stuff, theoretically, couldn't he even play that F position a little bit with as good of a he blocker probably, as he is? He probably could, but I think his,
1: where he is, where his scale set is rare is, being able to put your hand in the ground and then move a dude being one foot away from the person you want to block, not getting any momentum to generate, not having any like advantage of being able to kind of move your angles and stuff and essentially functioning like an offensive lineman and still being able to move dudes out of the way. That's a really rare skill set. So it's sort of like, um, I don't know if you have a really good three point shooting, like Kevin Durant, like Kevin Durant can shoot three pointers and he's also seven foot. So like, but his offensive skill set in the perimeter means you don't probably want to just post him up. Like, even though he's skinny, he probably could operate in the post primarily. But because of his skill set being so rare that you wanna you don't wanna take him out of that element. So, like, yes, he could play the F position, but he is so much more useful as a, a downhand tight end because that's a hard, a really hard job to do. And he does it really, really well. So I mean that's why he's on draft boards as like one of the higher ranked draft NFL draft, potential tight ends in a lot of different places, even though he has like 18 receptions a year or something like that, because he is so good at that blocking position.
0: Yeah. And I guess I just, I, I think about like some things that you could do where if you can get him and Charlie and Easton Dean on the field at the same time, you know, and Dean might not quite be there yet as a blocker, but Charlie wasn't there yet as a blocker when he was a freshman either. And it's like, you could get them in a position where, you know, you've got Chase Allen, you know, he can catch the ball. Similar to like what Dylan Sanger was, where it's like, we know this guy is a threat, uh, you know, but then if you've got Charlie, who is obviously an elite receiving threat, and then from everything, again, everything that we've heard, we've only seen Easton Dean play like twice. You know, he had a reception against Kansas in that game from Hunter Deckers. But other than that, we really have never seen him catch the ball. Uh, But I mean, from everything I've heard, the kid's like an elite receiving type guy, you know, and and, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like if you can be in a position where you can put two, you know, as good as Chase is at catching the ball, like we've talked about it before, you know, yards after catch are are more or less non-existent when it comes to Chase Allen. So it's like, if you can get into a position where you can put Charlie and chase and then get another elite receiving threat. And if, if Easton Dean is as good as advertised, like that's an even another dynamic that maybe you didn't have this past year, just because you've got two tight ends, not only that are, uh, you know, good pass catchers, but like, can be like really, really high level at catching passes as well as, you know, doing their job in the blocking game. I guess that's just me. Like now, like speculating about what things that they potentially could do, you know, And I think that's, a, that's probably a realistic front. Cause you can,
1: the personnel of just having a big dude, I think, I don't know what he, and this is not to say that it's, I'm not questioning it to say like, it's going to be bad. I don't know how Easton Dean blocks. I don't because he came, he transferred at, from the quarterback position. He was a quarterback, even his first camp, like he didn't switch to tight end until like two weeks into, into camp, I think. And, uh, or even through the first, like through his first red shirt year is when he switched over to tight end. And it just generally takes a long time, but he's a big dude. And sometimes just being a big dude gets you by and you can just run into someone really hard and you may not have technique, but if you can be 260 pounds and run full speed hit hit a person, yeah, it's probably going to do enough. So maybe he's able to, he's capable of doing that. But it, it, I think from my understanding, his advantage in having transferred from being a quarterback to being a tight end is what gives Charlie his advantage and and where Charlie is really good is he's really reliable in catching the ball. Uh, But it's the fact that he is the smartest dude on the field that every defense has a weakness. And the faster you can recognize what it is and where it is, the faster you can get yourself into the position of that weakness. And that's why Charlie is like third down Charlie, you know, like you're third and four and they're in a shotgun with Brees Hall set, you know, uh, in, out as they're empty with Brees Hall as a wide receiver all right, where are they probably looking is number 88, just because he is going to find an opening to get you in that space. And Easton Dean, because he was a quarterback, he knows what a quarterback wants to see. He knows where a quarterback wants a person to be. So he's going to be able to be closer to that Charlie position. And if he can block better, awesome. But I think talking about what they can do is imagine having two Charlies in the field that you have two really reliable find the open gap because they know where the open gap is in a zone on a third and seven and defenses can't then clamp their, their zone. So like if you're in a zone or you blitz, or even if you're playing man and you want to shade towards number 88, cool. 87 is what his number is, right? 87 is going to be so. or whatever it is. So your East and Dean is going to be on the other side and finding a now more open zone because they're clamping down on Charlie. And then once that they people realize that Dean can do that, then all of a sudden Charlie can't be double anymore because Dean has to be there and you then start shifting the zones around and making Charlie's job easier. So I think they have more of a receiving threat. If you look at the three of Dean, Charlie, and chase, those three are more of a receiving group of tight ends than it would be with a more blocking group of tight ends with Saner, uh, Allen and Charlie. So, I, it's it's a really fun hypothetical, and then even let 's play the hypothetical forward of let again hypothetical say the Calcutta kid wants to come to to Ames and Dean he beats out Easton Dean for that f spot, but Easton Dean is still you know like uh like last season the season 2019 season when Orion Vance we mentioned it before Orion Vance just was the best player on the defense and the coaching staff was like, can't keep this guy off the field. Hey, uh, Mike Rose, you comfortable bumping over to Sam so we can make room for this kid. If let's say that that happens and the Calcutta kid or whomever, you know, transfer tight end does a really good job. And Easton Dean does a really good job. And we already know chase and Charlie do a really good job. You have four functional tight ends. What fun can you have with that? You know, that Charlie four, and 14 personnel, 14 personnel, but essentially Charlie and, uh, in down and weird down distance, Charlie and Dean become your quote wide receivers and Alan and whoever, whoever else the person is, can become a blocking tight end. And then the next position, you have basically I formation with a big ass fullback that can do everything like the stuff that you can do with a creative coaching staff and a really flexible group of people of of players becomes really fun. Like all these hypothetical situations, who knows what they're going to do, but they actually get a spring ball this year. So you can start trying this kind of stuff.
0: And I also don't think that it, uh, it can be overlooked what the importance I think of another, uh, winter and spring with Dave Andrews and his staff will, will be for really the entire program. But we could talk about that more later because we've spent 20 minutes of a podcast that you and I both have about 50 minutes to do, uh, talking about one position and there's a lot of guys to get to. So, uh, moving on, um, we're going to look at the defense because there was a, a handful of guys on the defensive side that, uh, that announced that they're going to return. Um, Greg eisworth was one of the big ones yesterday. Uh, he announced his intention to come back uh, for his, uh, for a super senior season, I guess, first player in, in Iowa State history to be a three time first team, all big 12 selection. Uh, in addition to Jake Hummel, who uh, was a guy that you and I have talked about basically the entire season as being a prime candidate to use that extra year uh, just with how, uh, you know, the fact that he didn't, uh, really get to play early on in his career will basically be a fifth year senior, a traditional fifth year senior now next season. And then any wasrique, who I think of, of any of those three on the defensive side, any is probably the one that was going to be the most difficult to replace just when you look at what else is on the roster. And then the fact that, you know, you lose Josh Bailey, you lose, uh, you know, Latrell Bankston in addition to Jaquan. So, I mean, I think getting all three of those guys back, three guys who have played a ton of football for Iowa State and have played a ton of football at a, at a high level for the Cyclones. I mean, the, this defense, dude, like, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, the, it, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to sit there and look at the, at the guys they're going to have coming back where you've got Annie, Will McDonald, Zach Peterson, you know, so on down the line on on the defensive, on the defensive line. You bring back Orion Vance, Mike Rose, and Jake Hummel, the Big 12 defensive player of the year, and two all Big 12 caliber players. Uh, you bring back Greg Eisworth and Aishim Young, the two guys who were, have been, you know, is it, one is a three time first team all Big 12 player. Aishim Young, I think, has the potential to be a first team all Big 12 type player. And then Anthony Johnson, Tavon and Ted Von Kyle, and Detron Young. Good luck. Good luck opposing offenses against that group, regardless of the fact that you've got a handful or, you know, two or three people you have to replace anyway.
1: And depending on who they have coming up, this Campbell staff, I mean, where did I Sheen Young come from? Oh, and I
0: forgot Isaiah Lee too, coming back on the defensive line.
1: Where did did Sheen Young come from? He was just a guy that they recruited that was really talented, all of a sudden, stud. And where did, you know, Orion Vance, where did Mike Rose come from? I mean, guys that just develop into really good players, now you, you, I don't know, it doesn't necessarily cause a log jam because I don't think there's a lot, it, it seems like there is very little selfishness on any team or on any Matt Campbell team. Um, and now you, you keep the development of the guys from the bottom coming up and you lose kind of the volcano eruption of, of talent off the top. So now you just have this, the talent returning plus more talent continue to, to continue to develop who knows how much depth and talent on guys that we've not even heard of before. You know, where, a guy like Tavon Kyle, when he came out of nowhere to be a really good day, Young, I think played more because they saw his run stop. His, his run fits were really good. I think by the end of the season, his pass protection was still a little questionable. And Tavon Kyle was more of a, a pass defending guy, but Tavon Kyle comes out of nowhere. He's a wide receiver that transfers over the defensive side of the ball. Turns out he's really good at coverage. And that's just a guy that came out of nowhere who I'm excited to see who kind of comes out of nowhere, including the fact that you have all this talent returning, because another thing that we are very accustomed to seeing is uh, less defensively and more offensively, but defense kind of does it too is early in the season. They're going to play 53,000 guys on defense. Like you're going to get legitimately 31 guys who have a defensive statistic of some kind tackles pass breakup, pressure or whatever. And so that kind of that number starts really high in the early part of the season into like the first half of the big 12 season. And then the rotation shortens a little bit, but they still, I mean, even like Mike Rose is on the field a ton, but like they'll even replace with guys at linebacker and replace out some of their best players just to give them a breather. So they can be fresh for the entire game. And the fact that there's going to be a ton of guys returning means that there's less, how's the rotation going to play and more let's get these guys some reps because we know they're talented and we want to get them on the field. So in the early part of the season, it's going to be less find out less discovery. And it's going to be more, we just need to get these guys some snaps. And that's, that to me is really cool that you've got these guys returning, um, but also filling in talent underneath and where the snaps going to come from. And they're comfortable rotating that it's, I don't know. The, the, the defense is super exciting because of the returning talent and up and coming talent.
0: Yeah. And, and I think the thing that is intriguing about the, um, about the defense too, is like, there are guys that we have already seen that have played in some of those spot situations, you know, whether it's a DJ Miller or a Jordan Morgan or a, um, a TJ Tampa at the cornerback position. Uh you know, there's some on the, on the defensive line, and there's some guys on that defensive line that they recruited that I knew were, they were very, very high on when they were, you know, first getting into the program that have never played because of the, you just got so many dudes in front of them, you know, whether it's a Corey Suttle or a Blake Peterson or a, uh, you know, a, a JR Singleton at the, at the nose guard position. You know, we've seen Jerry Vaughn and we've seen Eric Horn play a ton at the linebacker spots. Like those guys, now you can have like where, well, and, and think about it this way you can play these guys you know, in spot moments. And then when it comes to nut cutting time and it's time to really buckle down, think how much more fresh your, your big dudes can be, your main guys, you know? And um, like they, so you got those guys that are going to cycle in, continue to get more, even more experience. But I think, and as much of an impact as that can make for 2021, that will make a huge impact for 2022. Mm-hmm. Because then you're not only like, you're not just like throwing guys out there. That's like, we don't really know what they can do. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, these guys have played 100, 200 plus snaps at Iowa State already and have that experience. Now they're just starters and they had never been starters before. And that's what I think is, is so interesting. When you have a team like Iowa State now, that's going to have all of these veterans and have all these guys, like there's not going to be any pressure on those young guys to come in and be the dude as a redshirt freshman or as a redshirt sophomore. You know, like Iowa State is now moving into a position where you're not going to get on the field unless you're a really high level talent, an Isheem Young, a Brees Hall, a, uh, you know, I think Daniel Jackson, uh, Trevor Downing, like guys like that. Like you're not getting on the field until you're a redshirt sophomore or redshirt junior, redshirt senior. Like you got to earn your opportunity to get on the field, you know, mm-hmm. and you got to prove it every day because like they, It's not like they're like, we just have to put someone out there at this point. We have no choice. Someone has to play that position and it's going to have to be a true freshman. Like they're not going to be in any positions like that. Like everyone will get a chance to develop.
1: Well, I think what's, what's cool more, like more specifically drilling down in this concept, talking about taking pressure off of young guys. Will McDonald isn't necessarily a young guy. He's a third year player going to be a fourth year player. So he'll be a,
0: a redshirt junior.
1: So he's not a young guy, but he's also... Really, really good at rushing the passer he's fine at playing you know against the rundowns or whatever he's fine he's not exemplary, but he's a guy that if you have a big offensive tackle you 're going to run at will Mcdonald and make him use his mouse well, will I think they've tried to put weight on him in the past he just hasn't been able to do it, and they want to you know you don't want to just add like slow down a fat guy or slow down a guy with fat like you don't want that, but you want to get. If Will could operate at 230 or 240, then he's a lot more able to kind of withstand that running game, and he can become an every-down guy. But his body doesn't really want to take it because he, you know, he's a slender dude. He doesn't, his body doesn't want to add weight very easily. So, if you let's say any any were to have have left, that kind of forces Will to be an every-down player, which doesn't allow him to, you know, potentially could not allow him to be the best version of him because. His, his, his great attributes of being a stupid good pass rusher are what make him so dynamic. And you want, I think the ideal, like the ideal lineup would be, you know, like a wazarike, Isaiah Lee, and Will McDonald, your three kind of defensive end, interior defensive end. But at the same time, if Will doesn't, if Will's body still doesn't have the capacity to put on weight, you could still put Zach Peterson as a starting defensive end, any as the other defensive end or an Isaiah Lee in the middle and will can be and play as much as a starter, but come in more in the situations where he's there. So it doesn't force him this off season to be like, man, if I don't become an every down player, I'm going to be a disappointment or whatever. There's no pressure now because the depth, any be any coming back makes it. So who, he can play any one of the defensive line positions in some of the snaps he play or some of the snaps towards the end of the season, they were playing him as the three technique, putting Bailey and McDonald, it was Bailey or Wazerike and McDonald were your three down linemen and he was the inside guy. I think he's more of a natural defensive end than like a three technique inside defensive end. That's more of his natural position, but he can play in any position. So now there is no pressure on any one guy to be like, especially Will McDonald to be like, all right, dude, you got to be able to stop a 335 pound tackle and a 345 pound guard combo blocking you 78 times in a game as a defensive end, when you've never done that before, because you are more of a pass rusher, you better figure this out or we can't run the defense that we want to. Now it's like, no, he doesn't have to, he can do what he wants to do and still excel at what he wants to excel at. If his body doesn't take gaining weight or his skill set doesn't develop beyond that, just because a guy like a is returning.
0: Right. And I, and like, when I mentioned Dave Andrews, I mean, if there's anybody on the team that I feel like could benefit greatly from just another year with that guy, it's probably Will McDonald, mm-hmm. because that's a guy who like is prime to just have that off season where he just becomes like a a freak, you he know, just, he just like, a, gain, a like a like a god, like like his body just is transforms at that point going into his retro junior year where it's like he comes back and is, uh, you know is he just looks considerably bigger. Maybe he doesn't weigh that much more, but you look at him and it's just like, holy crap, that dude is huge now, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, no, it, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. But here's the last thing that I think is is worth noting. And, and there were some guys, you know, I mentioned before that have uh, elected to, to leave. And we talked about Jaquan uh, last week, but, you know, even, and we talked about Latrell Banks and when it happened, but uh, you know, Josh Bailey, you lose him. Um, and then Johnny Lang entered the transfer portal in addition to Kane who decided to uh declare for the NFL draft and I'll, you know I think you and I had a conversation with Kane announced that he was going to uh to move on and uh I I mean if I'm an NFL team I don't know like I don't know if Kane will get drafted but that I, I guarantee he will be one of those guys that on the first in the first moments that undrafted free agents can start taking calls. Canadian Wongu's phone will be ringing, you know, sure. because it's like if even if he can't come in and be a running back for you, traditional running back, like the kick returning thing, I guarantee you there will be teams that want that guy to come in and yeah, turn and return the, kicks.
1: A guy, yeah, kick returning, and also uh, you like Cordell Patterson for the Bears, Yeah. Is, is, is six, four and can run stupid fast. So it's not this, the right comparison, but the jobs that Cordero Patterson does on special teams, he's a gunner too. Like uh, on punt team, he's a guy that's split out. That's trying to get a release and is just covering. It's just like, you gotta be faster than everyone to go make a tackle. That's Canadian. Wangu can do that job. And that job is hard to do. And you don't want to put your starter in like your starting corners out as gunners, because it's just risky. So if you can have a guy that could be a kick returner and a gunner, and you can get him for a bargain basement price after an undrafted free agent, you are crazy if you're thinking you're, he's not going to get a call by 30 NFL teams to try and have him
0: come out for a, a well, tryout. Well, and even like this is the other thing about Iowa State having so many more guys going to the NFL now. Like if you're if you're the I don't know what Cordero, Cordero Patterson's contract situation is, you know, but I mean he's getting older now. I mean, he's a guy who is probably
1: in, in, in NFL
0: right terms. in NFL terms and uh it wouldn't surprise me if he is maybe on one-year deals or something more or less at this point if you're the Chicago Bears and David Montgomery you're running back who is emerging to be a superstar uh finished fifth in the NFL in rushing this season first cyclone ever to run for over a thousand yards in the NFL I don't know if that's ever been noted but uh yeah uh, if if you're looking at guys that are like in this, this role, you like, okay, we need this guy to come play this role. What better ally could you have? (laughs) Your former classmate. If Dave Montgomery walks in there and says, Hey, this kid's a different breed. This kid's a dog. Like David ain't going to lie. You know, and, uh, I guaranteed, I mean, as good as David is, he'd probably say something about how kane is the fastest person he'd ever seen just like trip, but not the fastest white boy. Cause that belongs to Trevor Ryan forever, uh, forever and always. Um, but I mean, I, I'm sure Kane is going to have a, a really great career, uh, whatever he elects to do, uh, after Iowa state, but losing him and Johnny does put Iowa state in an interesting situation where you bring in Dion Silas in this next class. who's a three-star recruit out of, out of Florida, but you're only going to have two scholarship running backs who have any level of experience. Obviously, Brees Hall, pretty good situation with him, uh, and then Jairrell Brock, which we've seen you know flashes of what Jairrell can do, and I expect him to probably play uh, you know his role just to continue to grow. But if we're looking at a spot on the team that it's like, okay, you could look for an older guy, you know, like this is the thing about this roster being the way it is you don't have to go and hit the transfer portal and be like, man, we have to find someone that can do this, or we just need to find a guy who has played college football before to play in the secondary or so, or, you know, whatever position, some of the stuff that they've had to do in the past receiver, like they've had to do, like they did with the Michael Petway and things like that. Uh, It's like, man, that's a high level running back right there. Like, let's go get him. You can go and just try and get the best players and make your roster even better, you know? And uh, like I said, if there's any position that I look at, it's like, you really need to hit that transfer portal. You know, maybe look at the junior college ranks, stuff like that. It's probably running back just to where you can get another guy who is mature coming into that position and not having to rely on a true freshman.
1: Well, aren't they going after another, like a kid from Arizona for like a spring start? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Eli Sanders is his name. He was coming to du Boise state he's, they've been on him for a long time, but, uh, I mean, again, like, yeah, you, you bring him, him, him in, but I would think that that would be a position that it's like, we want to try and get someone that's got some experience.
1: Yeah. And I think that's not necessarily because I think gyro Brock's really good. but I, I mean, call me crazy, but Iowa state is in good hands at running back for the next three years mm-hmm. because you have Brees. We, we're only getting one more year of Brees Hall, right. like just go into this season, understanding this is a farewell tour before he is a first or second round draft pick to go to a team, you know, like a Clyde Edwards, helaire type situation where like maybe the end of the first round, a team that's really good that, you know, the, the 49ers want a running back or something like that. And then this is the last year of, of Brees Hall, but gyro Brock, is gonna come. He's gonna be a what a, a richer sophomore mm-hmm. now. Gonna be in the season, so he's gonna start playing as uh, you know. He might be a, a 500 yard guy kind of this year. As the whereas Johnny and Kane w- and and Jirel would like sort of be the the Kanae ended up being the primary second guy, but towards the end of the season, Jirel came in as like a a, a, a blocking guy, kind of a longer down and distance situation, and get Brees off the field because he needs to improve his pass blocking and, and all those kinds of things. Well. Jyrell then kind of rounds out and he becomes the second guy in any situation where it's not Kinney on some downs and Jyrell on some downs. And uh, when they're filling in for Brees, it's like Brees is in. And when they want to give Brees a break, you put in Jyrell Brock. And then when Jyrell Brock is done, they put Brees back in. So there's probably not a lot of room for another guy that's going to be, you know, you're not going to get, if I'm a running back and I have, you know, school a, and I don't know what I, I'm just going to use a, a school, like, uh, I don't know, Mississippi state, Ole Miss, something like that. And oh, then man, we, Mississippi
0: state with the, uh, with the pirate there, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Whatever. So yeah. Like, like Ole Miss and you have yeah. Ole Miss as, as one option. And Iowa state is another option. And the guy that you're ahead or behind is, is a dope Walker finalist. And he had what? 35 carries against 32 carries against Oregon. You're probably not going to get a lot of run just so uh, you're probably not going to be able to get like a really high level, uh, transfer guy because you're probably, you know, I mean, maybe you can, but I, I wouldn't want to, cause I'm probably not going to play. He's really yeah. good. So you're probably going to get, you know, potentially get a Juco guy that serves as your third, uh, and, you know, God forbid, Jairo Brock or Bree has something at like Bree sprains an ankle for three weeks and you can only, you have to rely on two different guys. You're welcome um, it, you have to have that contingency just to make sure that it's not just two, it's not a position you can survive with just two. So I bet they, they can get a Juco guy, but they're probably not going to get a high level, you know, grad transfer. I would imagine just because Brees is that good. He's going to scare people away. You know, point guard's not going to go. I want to play for the golden state warriors because I'm going to get a lot of run.
0: Really? The only positive situation in that scenario is that, uh, Roy walling, if he could become the feature back for the Cyclones.
1: Oh man. My dude, Rory, he, uh, I've watched some, like I've watched film with him. Sometimes he, he is so damn physical that his problem is that he's so damn physical that like, (laughs) you need to just keep your head up. And I need, you need to find a gap. You can't just run into and through every person that you see, try and avoid them. If you can, that's a good idea.
0: Right. I just, I imagine them handing it off to Rory. They're running inside zone and he's trying to run over defensive tackles.
1: It's true. It happens. So yeah, I I don't know. But regardless, I think there's another, yeah, you need a third running back as uh, whether it's the freshman kid from Florida or whether it's a Juco transfer that you can get that serves that, uh, you know, on, on special teams is like a kick returner to kind of, you know, wet your whistle to get in the position group. And then as an insurance policy, if the second guy, or if something bad happens, so you don't derail the whole thing. So I don't know. That's, But what's fun is that we're talking about, they really need a third string running back to make sure the roster is complete. Like that's, that's the conversation that we're having on what January 11th or a fourth tight end. Yeah. Or a fourth (laughs) tight end. You know, you're not saying like, shoot, man, they got two returning offensive linemen and one guy like Pat Scoggins, gritty, gritty and tough. But it's not like we got a 5'11, 284-pound center that we hope to just to maybe survive with. It's like, well, we're nine deep on the offensive line. Uh, your quarterback is a returning potential all-American. Your running back's an all-American. His backup is probably going to be an NFL player too. You got three tight ends that are going to be potentially professionals. Your receiving group, if anything, you need a fifth wide receiver, maybe a guy like uh uh Daniel Jackson to stay healthy and kind of emerge. Uh your defense, you're seven, eight deep on the defensive line. You're five deep at linebacker. You have five safeties that can play. You got three corners that are at at least three corners that are good. And now you're like, all right, well, um we want to uh, third kicker. I don't know.
0: Well, we already got three kickers. So I already did that one.
1: So it's fun that this is the conversation that you're having, you know, yeah. like because the guy's returning for this year, I think a conversation naturally will arise. What, what then happens because this is going to be a really senior laden roster as most teams will be that have that enacted like the, um, you know, the, the, the guaranteed redshirt year, the automatic extra, um, you, the every, a lot of teams are going to be really senior laden. So like looking from 2021 to 2022, you're going to lose guys like Awazirike and Rose and Hummel and probably a Ryan Vance and Greg Eisworth And you're going to lose like seven, eight guys on defense and probably at least five or six guys on offense. So the depth that Iowa State is generating is really good that you can start filling in those gaps now and kind of identifying that you're going to, you are going to have to replace a lot going into the next season especially with, you know, guys like Brees that are leaving and Charlie's leaving for sure. And Chase is leaving. Like you're going to be, you're going to have to turn over a roster. So I think the things that they are probably now looking for is not 2021. It's not guys, you know, you're not desperate for anything. You don't need, like I was saying about the running back, you don't need to go get a graduate transfer running back, like a, a LaMichael Petway at wide receiver. You're like, shit, we are, we are screwed at this position. It's like, no, we you're covered everywhere. Let's go get a young developmental guy that we can, another tight end from high school or, or whatever the the kid from Johnston is going to be another really good at tight end too. But like, you know, fill in, fill in the blanket, whatever position you're like, Hey, we are our linebackers. When we lose the three linebackers, we're going to only have two or three that are returning. Let's get a Juco guy that two years from now is going to develop into a Sam linebacker, you know, that kind of thing. Like that's the roster that I bet they're looking for is now for 2022, 2023. When you start losing this really heavy senior class, but that's a fun place to be, Mm -hmm. you know, is that you are thinking advance and advance and advance to, and, and not worried about what you have coming back next year, because you're good at every position.
0: Well, and just think like, you know, every year it takes a team a little bit to, and this is every team in college football, like to find themselves a little bit. How, why would, why would this team need to find themselves? It's the same team. Yeah. You know, it's the same team. And like, I don't, I envision these guys like hit the ground running, you know, you don't have to slow down for anybody hardly. I mean, it's just, you know, and I know in spring ball and stuff like that, like you're kind of getting back to the basics all the time anyway, but like, this is where it's like, all right, first teamers go do it. Like you got to teach the freshmen and like those kinds of things, but this is where you take like the, like the basics. You don't need to spend that much time on the basics. These guys know the basics. It's mm-hmm. uh this is where like, what we, in spring ball? Okay. What new wrinkles can we put in? What's some new things that we can try and really get creative, you know, yeah. because like we know that these guys, they know all of the concepts they need to know and what are the next things like what are how can we build on this because this is a team that like you don't normally have that luxury to be like you've got basically two senior classes and all of them have played a ton and now it's like man it's like a basketball team that you know uh it's like a basketball team that they Like Kansas state a couple years ago where they had Barry Brown and, uh, and Dean Wade and like all those guys that had started as freshmen and you like started like four freshmen. And then by the time they were seniors, it's like, we don't need to even practice. Like we don't really even need to practice, you know, like these guys know what they're doing. And And And, and that
1: thing specifically with Iowa state football week one, we always get lulled into this thing all the time there's the I games there's the whatever games and it's the first game is always a turd because they always are trying to find they're going to play 37 guys on defense they're going to play two different offensive line combinations they're going to play seven wide receivers and they just want to see what's going on what they're not I, I don't think that that's probably going to be the case this year but because of what you're talking about like Matt Campbell's never beat Iowa but that's also because he's feeling out the roster because he wants to be good in October and November. And that game matters, but doesn't matter at the same time. Well, going into the early part of the season, when you're playing, uh, they open with UNI, I think it's UNI, Iowa, UNLV. I think that technically Mm -hmm. as of, as it is now. So like, you're going to go into those, those seasons with like, well, we know what we've got and the the Iowa game, maybe you still kind of test a young guys against UNI and, and hopefully they don't make it close. Like it,
0: you know, Years ago, when they, had I am, this. I am interested to see what the FCS thing, what happens with that, since they're playing in the spring. Like, did they play again in the fall? You know, I, don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what happens there.
1: It's, but either way, like, let's say the Iowa game, I will likely be a top twenty team by that time, unless they, you know, for some reason lose their first week. They're going to be a top twenty team. Iowa State's going to be a top twenty team. The conversation now is. And I you know, Matt Campbell's a different dude and he's generally always right. So like I don't wanna say that you know he's gonna change his mind or philosophy or whatever, but like if you have a chance to beat a top twenty big ten team, to have your roster be bolstered going into the Big Twelve season as a top ten team yourself you kind of focus more on that game and then you get Kansas and then you can, that's when you can start going back to playing or UNLV and you can start playing 37 guys, but you dial it in, give Brees Hall, 25 carries, you get Xavier Hutchinson. you know, you, you get guys dialed in for that game and then you can kind of go on and continue to develop the other weeks. So the conversation is how can we be really good for 2022? Because we know we're going to be good in 2021. And can we, how do we bolster our playoff resume? Like that's the kind of stuff that you can think about now. And it's not at all unrealistic to have that conversation.
0: I want Ferentz's ass. I want you and me both sister. I want you Ferentz's and ass. And I, I want, I want to act like this is the BCS margin of victory is back in the formula. <laughs> that's, that's how I want the first couple of weeks of the season to go for the Cyclones. All right, man. Uh, I'll talk to you again next week. We'll talk maybe about the, the national championship game. We'll kind of be in the rear view mirror at that point, but, uh, we didn't talk about that today. So we'll maybe talk about that next week and um, we'll talk to everybody again soon. Have a good day, Jeff. Talk to you again next week. All right, buddy. Adios. Peace everybody.